Hello, beautiful souls, and welcome to the Rising with Phoenix Grace podcast. My name is Lee, soon to be Phoenix Grace, and I created this podcast to have conversations that will make us rise to the most powerful version of ourselves. I get it. You might be feeling a little lost and powerless, but I'm here to let you in on a little secret. The more you know and talk about the things that are pulling at your heart, the easier it is to rise into the person that you were meant to be. I know this because I've done it myself, so come along with me as we talk about resiliency, this crazy thing we call life, our bodies, our souls, and things that are a little bit woo. I'm so excited for you to be here, and I can't wait to rise with you. Let's get started. Hello, beautiful souls. Thank you so much for being here for another episode of the Rising with Phoenix Grace podcast. I'm so excited because I'm doing my first joint episode today, right? Like I'm having my first guest on. Is that how we're going to explain this? Yeah. And I'm so excited to have her. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her and then I'm going to have her introduce herself as well. So I have today my good friend, Jessica Dumas. And she is the host of the Confidence and Communication Podcast. We did an episode not too long ago, which I will definitely link in the show notes so you can know her podcast. And she provides speaking services, coaching, and training for speakers to help them write their talks, speak confidently on stage, get booked, and get paid. She has also done her own TED Talk called The Journey to a Woman's Identity. And she is highly respected in her community and received the Manitoba 150-woman trailblazer Nellie McClung Foundation Award for 2021 and volunteers for numerous boards and committees. She's also recently done segments for her local TV and radio stations, which I will also make sure to include the links for. And she happens to be one of my dearest friends, which you may hear me talk to as Foxy J. So thanks for being here, Foxy J. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited for your podcast being launched. I'm honored to be a guest and yeah, ready to go. Well, thank you so much for all of your support. She is the person that I literally bounce ideas off all day, every day and has just pushed me to do this. So I would love for you to introduce yourself as well. I mean, I covered some of the highlights, but if there's anything else you want to tell people about you before we jump in. Sure. Thank you. So I am located in Winnipeg, Manitoba, another area that we like to identify as Treaty 1 territory. I have lived here my whole life, and I'm a mother of three sons. I've been an entrepreneur since 2013 and um, actually started my entrepreneurial journey as a Mary Kay cosmetics consultant, and I still use Mary Kay. I still love Mary Kay. Um, but I am a speaker coach. I was, I became a certified life coach. I started my business with coaching and training as a, um, I only had a high school education. I was a single divorced mom. And when I started, I started as a person that came from a really low self-esteem, really unhealthy self-talk. And eventually made my way to introducing Michelle Obama on a stage of 7,500 people in Winnipeg. And, and I love to coach and inspire women to start their businesses 
and ultimately use their voice to take up space because I believe that's how we change the world. Yes. Yes. Okay. And that's the episode, ladies and gentlemen. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> she's so awesome. And the thing that I love about this friendship, which I feel like is getting a lot of airtime, which I'm totally, totally cool with is how we met. And we met through a program that we were both doing that encouraged us to seek out somebody to do this thing called a magical morning practice with. And they encouraged us to do something with somebody that we didn't know, because in some ways you can be more honest with somebody that you don't know. And I had also been told for months, like, you need to find somebody that's ahead of where you want to be. You want to find somebody that's done what you're wanting to do. So A, you know, it can happen and B, they can push you to get to that level. And so I was reading through all these people that were, you know, putting out um, solicitations, I guess would be the right word for, for a partner. And I stumble upon Jessica's and she's like, I'm a speaker and I coach speakers and I've been an entrepreneur for this long. And so for purely selfish reasons, I was like, <laughs> you, I want you <laughs> because I want to do what you're doing. And here's this mentor that I've been asking for. And then seven months later, like, boom, best friend. Like, I know. Yeah. So it's just like, I love our story. I was talking about it the other day on a podcast that I was a guest on about how in some ways, when you get to be friends with somebody that is meeting you exactly where you are, how powerful that is because they don't see any of your past failures or if you would deem them as failures you know to yourself like they are only meeting you like as you are so like I'm meeting this version of her exactly where she is and she's meeting me where I am and of course we talk about like our pasts and things we've overcome and our struggles and things like that but it's there's just a different power to it so I just I highly encourage people to seek out new friendships in whatever way they come to you because you just don't know Absolutely. And I also want to add that how our conversation started was we're going to like, we don't know each other. We're like, hi, how are you? Here's a little bit about me. I think we can trust each other. Let's see how this goes. And then the (laughs) the morning practice is here's my biggest dreams. Here's what I really want in my life. Here's like things that I'm going to confess to you that I only confess to the universe because I'm, I'm, I don't want people that know me to hear what I'm saying because it's so vulnerable. Mm-hmm. It's I'm being so open and, and so honest. And so that does something for us, but then to be able to share that with someone, have it be received and then supported, like that's another level. Like this is another level of friendship that is very unique and like how you could even encourage anyone to replicate what we have. I don't know. <laughs> There's shit out of luck. <laughs> right. And I remember too, like at the beginning, because I think I had been separated from my ex-husband for about a month. And so things were still very raw and it was still very hard for me to talk about. And I remember holding back at first, like doing 
you know, my saying my gratitudes is easy, you know, and how my day might go, but it was those future desires that I was like, you know, even just starting to think of what I even wanted my future to look like going through this huge transition in my life. And I remember holding back because I was like, I don't know this person, you know, do I want to tell them all these crazy aspirations that I have? And now like nothing's off the table. Nothing is too much. Nothing's too personal. It's true. The things that we say to each other. And and I love that. And I want to acknowledge that as well, because the, the same for me, I was just like, okay, like I could tell her that this is what I really want, but how fucking embarrassing would that be if someone that knew me heard that Mm-hmm. and laughed at me like first of all those are our, our like secret fears people are probably not going to laugh at us but there's so much power to be able to say this is what I want and and also this is what I'm thinking and texting your <laughs> BFF like something totally inappropriate but it's like we're we're women we are healthy natural confident but also like human women so we have we have those insecurities but we're just like we have agreed and laid it out there like let's just say what's on our mind because that's helping us individually and like collectively to go out and be even more authentic than how we went in that's that's how I see it and I love it Mm, absolutely and I love the word authentic so much and that's like I don't think I've actually sat down and described our friendship that way but like it is like it's the most authentic connection that we have and we meet each other where we are and we do it and and sometimes it's like we just need to vent about something like I've left you crying voice memos at two o'clock in the morning because I just needed to tell somebody what was on my mind and you've done this, I don't think you've done it at two in the morning, but like you've left me them as well. And, you know, and it's just feeling seen and feeling heard, which I feel is going to kind of transition into why I wanted to do this episode with you, which I realized now I didn't really give any introduction into. So now that we're like <laughs> 10 minutes in, here you go, people, this is what we're going to talk about. So Jessica's getting ready to do a talk and I'm going to have her share a little bit about it share with you a little bit about it but she sent me part of it as you know to get feedback and that's also what we do we just brainstorm with each other constantly as entrepreneurs and there was a line in it that just caught me and I just felt so deeply and it was I don't matter and this is previous tense because we don't don't feel that she doesn't feel that way about herself now right right (laughs) you know you matter (laughs) and so I think like that's you know and to transition into that is just like having somebody see you fully and meet you where you are like teaches you that and so I don't know quite where I was going with that train of thought I think I got completely derailed but so tell us a little bit about the upcoming talk that you're getting ready to do where you're going and because also like she's just a badass like I just love hearing about I live vicariously through her so (laughs) and I know one day you'll return the favor and I'll be like oh my god I want that um so I'm in Winnipeg Manitoba in Canada and um 
I got invited to speak at a conference called Sparks Women's Leadership Conference, and it's their 10th annual conference, and the theme is called Rockstar Moves. And it's the first time that I've ever applied to speak at a conference. So I've been speaking for 10 years. I've spoke at over 150 events at every single capacity. And sorry, I hear someone else. My son. I don't know what the hell's going on. Anyway, it's Mom in, life. It's in Fort John, Fort St. John, BC. And so they're making all the arrangements for me. I'm getting paid to speak. So I'm getting paid for an hour, thousands of dollars to be yes. on the stage. They're flying me out, um, taking care of everything. And um, so one of my one of my clients or my clients have asked me in the past, how do you get your speaking gigs? Do you just apply or what do you do? And I was, and I was kind of like, huh, I've never applied before. That's interesting. So, I mean, I think that my career, like I'm, I'm blessed, but I also worked at it. I, I feel really blessed to be able to do what I do to get paid to speak, but I also have worked for this for 10 years. So it was the first time that I applied to speak which meant meant that I had to do a little bit of like collective research. They wanted to know where are places that I've spoke at before. And of course I, I had to be creative with the list because I could give them absolutely everything, but I wanted to give them like here are the top 10 or 15 best places that I've spoke, including having a Ted talk or other talks that have networks around the world. And, um, and so I'm doing this talk and my talk is called, who do you think you are? And when the, the part that you got to hear where I said, and I, I know that I said it a few times in the part that I had shared with you is I do not matter. And that was because that was the identity that I grew up with. And that was, that was what I thought about myself, even into my, my twenties is just, I don't matter. And where do you think like a lot of, like, I know, cause I've listened to your speech, but like, for those of listening, like, where did that like narrative like stem from? It stemmed from a few places. So first of all, how I was raised, my, my mom, my grandmother, my aunties, or basically the women that were in my life were not very strong, confident women. And so growing up, in Canada as a First Nation woman has its own history and its own um, its, its own identity that's sort of set out for you. And mm-hmm. growing up, that's that's the message that I got is I'm I'm I grew up poor. I lived in an area of poverty where there was drug abuse, alcohol abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, and and I just thought this was the norm. And when I when I started to ask my grandma about like, who are we? Where do we come from? Um, like what, what's unique about us? Because I was learning about friends at, at school. And so I thought, wow, like if they all have cool stories, we must have a story, why don't I know it? And so I went to ask, but because of the, the poor history of indigenous people in Canada and Indigenous women, the story that my grandmother was brought up with was, we don't talk about it. 
it's it's we're silenced um and it was it basically what i got from that conversation amplified the messages that i was already getting was i don't matter i'm not important there's nothing unique or special about me and so that's the identity that i grew up with was i don't matter and when did that like start to change for you it really changed when i had my first son so my son is 25 years old as of the date of this recording and i was 19 when i had him and so I, I also have a 19 year old and I like just the thought of them having kids, like what the hell, but this, again, this is the environment that I grew up around. All the women had kids when we were young, it was no big deal. That's just what we did. But when I became a mom and I realized, wow, like this world is actually pretty nasty. I don't like it here. And now I'm bringing a, a kid here and I'm responsible for him. And that was scary. And that was when I really started to speak up because he was important. And, and still throughout that time, I was in a terrible relationship. So I didn't matter. My needs didn't matter. I could still be in shitty situations, but not my kid because he matters. And that was, that was really, I always say he's the first person that, he's the first man that changed my life. The first man that, you know, really made me who I am. And how do you feel like that started changing eventually to not just putting your sons first and saying that they mattered, but like, when did like Jessica start to matter? That's a really good question. Because you're like the you that I know is so like you take up space in like the best possible way, you know? And so like when I heard that talk, you know, it was kind of, and I, and I knew some of your past and everything, but it's, you know, to see somebody that I, I look up to and that is so confident and goes out so confidently and does these things and introduce Michelle Obama and, you know, all these other beautiful talks that you, you speak up at, you know, it's kind of like, I look at it and I'm like, wait, what, you weren't always like this. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I love that. I love hearing that because, you know, I, I feel like in my talks, that's that's the key for me is letting people know I wasn't always like this mm -hmm. and again like growing up in in Winnipeg in an area of the city that was like poverty all over the place my younger brother who was 19 years old at the time he was killed by the police in 2005 and that was another event that I felt a responsibility to respond because it was public because it was the police, right? There was lots of media mm -hmm. involved, lots of uh, police, but also other community organizations and people that were sort of, you know, kind of surrounding my family. And I felt as the oldest daughter in my family that I needed to be the spokesperson for my family. My mom was a mess, so obviously couldn't do anything or respond and and she shouldn't have to but I didn't know any better I thought that it was my responsibility to do that and I, I had a, a community organization that was sort of guiding me to do that and again I I didn't know that I didn't have to so I, I did it and then I sort of took on this responsibility of 
being that spokesperson, not just for my family, but now for the community when it came to relationships with the police. And there's like a whole history that we have um, very well documented, especially in Canada. And, um, and so throughout that time, I didn't take time to mourn my brother. And so eventually I ended up crashing and, you know, burning, <laughs> crashing and burning that like, holy shit, like what's happening with my life. And, um, and it was throughout that time where I was trying to figure out what do I want to do for work? Like I I'm, eventually became a single parent. I have to raise my kids. I'm, I'm not happy. I don't like feeling like I'm this um, slave to response you know responding to my family's trauma responding to my community's trauma I just couldn't take it anymore and it was around that time where I started to think about you know what about me like what if like what if I mattered what if what I wanted or what I cared about was important like why can't that be and and so it I went through a bit of a identity crisis. I'm a single mom. I have young kids and I want to be happy. I want to do what I, I want to do something to make money that I enjoy. And I didn't have an education. So I didn't feel like there was something that I could do. And, um, and my self-esteem was like shit. And so for some reason I wanted to, encourage people <laughs> mm -hmm. like here I am you know a puddle of shit <laughs> and I'm like I want to tell you that you matter <laughs> I tell all of you that you guys are important don't waste your life but I realized like ee, if I'm gonna do that I need to I need to know what I'm talking about and I don't even know who I am I don't even know what I like and then when I started to explore, which was a lot of volunteering, I started to volunteer on different boards because I had volunteered on boards since my son was born already. So I had that experience. That's all I knew. And, and so I started to think about, you know, what was it that I wanted to do? What could I be good at? And once I started to like, feel like, okay, maybe I, I belong here. Maybe I could do something in this area. I felt so much guilt as a mom mm -hmm. to like, how could I take time to invest in my passion, in my dream? Like, who am I? So I fought, I fought so hard with myself to tell myself I do matter. And if I want to be a better mom and if I want to be uh, a good coach and if I want to be a better community leader then I need to start giving a shit about myself so yeah thanks for that question because I feel like I you know sometimes even though I share bits and pieces of my story there's little like crux in the stories that I sort of forget about yeah I mean and I just like we hadn't talked about that yet either but I feel like it's that we all kind of have one of those moments of being like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm so uncomfortable. I'm so unhappy. There's got to be more to life than this. 
I don't even remember what year that there was. I think it was around like 2003, a song came out and it was talking about like, there's got to be more to life than this. And I always like, that always like comes in my head when I say that sentence. Anyway, this is the random tangents I get on when I talk to Foxy J and (laughs) what I do, I think it's like, and I think that's something is that, you know, as women, as mothers, um, obviously very different backgrounds and everything, but I do feel like we get forgotten about. And that, you know, our lives do become just fully about our children and that there is so much guilt with, Mm -hmm. you know, like society puts on us that they're supposed to be our whole lives. And even I was talking to somebody recently about how, like, when you're up until the baby is born, everybody's asking how you're doing, how you're feeling, you know, and then the baby comes out and nobody asks you how you're doing or how you're feeling. Everyone's like, how's the baby doing, you know? So, um, so back to your response though, like, so when do you feel like, was that like in 2005, like, no, 2005 was when Matthew passed away. I lost my brother. Um, 2013 is when I got certified as a coach. Okay. So it took a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So it was, it was probably between 2000. 10, 13, around that time where I was trying to figure out, you know, what I, what I wanted to do. And I was trying a lot of jobs and quitting a lot of jobs. <laughs> and, and so I had some really cool experiences. And, um, but I remember sitting in my car at like, getting up, taking the kids to daycare or school, getting them all set for their day. And then I go sit in my car and I would cry because I hated my life. I hated that I had to go to these shit jobs where the women were nasty. And like, what am I doing? What am Mm -hmm. I doing? You know? And it was just hitting my head against the wall. I felt like I was this like motor car, but I was like hinged up at the back and my tires were spinning. And I like, if I could just find the right track, I could just go. And like, at the time I remember feeling every analogy, like being the square peg that didn't fit in the round hole. Right. Like all of these things, I was like wanting to scream. This is how I feel. And I don't know how to get out of here. Mm Mm-hmm. So when you got your first talk, when you were spoke on your first stage, like, do you remember, do you remember that? The first paid speaking gig that I had was an MC event. I do remember it. I remember being on the stage and just feeling like, holy shit, I love this. <laughs> I remember go because I was working at a place and when they, when I got asked to, to do this job, um, I was like, yeah, totally. I was scared, but I was like, totally. That sounds like fun. And, um, and then I ended up leaving that job. And so I phoned the organizers of the event and I said, Hey, just so you know, like I left that workplace. I don't know if you still want me to do it. Cause in my mind, I thought they had hired me because I was in that role, mm-hmm. but she said the best thing to me that I needed to hear on that day was we hired you because of you, not because of your job. And as soon as I heard that, I was just like, okay, I'm back. Like this, I could do this. Yeah. And then you've been doing it ever since. I've been doing it ever since. I've been looking for opportunities to do it. And so 
when I count my 150 events, a lot of that, I don't, I don't know the number, maybe 50, maybe even 75, who knows, were volunteer work. Mm -hmm. It was sitting on boards of directors that um, hosted events. And um, whenever you have an event, you need someone on stage. And a lot of the people on our board didn't want to do it. And so they would nudge. I was sitting there secretly going, oh, I want to do it, but I'm too scared to admit it. I'm too shy to say it out loud. I'm too embarrassed. What if they say no? What if they think I'm the horrible, you know, most inappropriate person to be doing that? I was so scared. So I didn't say anything. I just sat there with my mouth shut. And they were like, who are we going to get to do it? Who are we going to get to do it? And eventually they looked at me and nudged me and said, you should do it. And I was like, really? Me? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, like, I mean, I actually, when I think about it, the number was probably more like 40. I don't, who knows? Um, anyway, I had tons of opportunities to speak in front of hundreds of people on a regular basis. And I trained myself. I decided when I went up there, I was going to do my best. And there were times where my heart was pounding so hard that I swear how the room must hear my heart pounding because it's, I can feel it. It's like the ground is moving how scared I was. And, uh, and I just, I practiced, I didn't have a coach. I didn't have a speakers training program. I was just like, I want to get good at this. And so I was a certified coach and I was a speaker and I wasn't coaching anybody for speaking at that time. I was only coaching myself. And it wasn't until 2018, 2019, when I came down from stage and someone came up to me and said, I want you to coach me to do what you just did. Mm. And that's when I was like, that's that's my niche this is what i'm doing and ever since then i've been a speaker coach mm, i love it i love it and i remember pretty shortly after we started talking maybe it wasn't maybe it was took me a couple months to get to ask you this because i want you know i want to do what you do <laughs> and i was like okay when did you like when did you get your first gig like when did you start to like when you got your first gig and again, you know, was hoping for, um, like a quick, easy answer. And you were like 10 years. And I was like, wait, what? I don't want to wait 10 years. Like, you know, but I think it's, you know, having those moments of going like, this is exactly what I want to do. This is exactly what I was made to do. They're so powerful. So how would you encourage somebody like if they're listening to this and they're like in the trenches, you know, they're, they're you as that single mom in their car crying because they hate their lives. Like what, like, what would you say to them? Cause clearly like, if you keep going, you're going to get what you want. We know, we know this, but like, you know, during those times, like you don't necessarily, you can't, that doesn't mean shit to you <laughs> when you're, you know, when you can't see it. I think that that people, and it took me years to realize this, but I think that people underestimate, did I say that right? Underestimate? Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Late in the evening. <laughs> I think people underestimate, there I said, I don't know, the fact that um, 
you're doing enough. And even still today, mm. yesterday, I need to tell myself, you know, someone who's been doing this, someone who has five speaking gigs this month, five paid speaking gigs this month, and I'm still telling myself, it's okay, you're doing enough. But what I mean by that is, sometimes we need to, like, there's a lot of push and pull in our energy. And when we are in our masculine, we're pushing, we're trying to make things happen. But if we are young single moms crying in our car, we are all in our masculine. When I was raising my kids on my own working, I had no time to be in my feminine, right? Mm -hmm. I, I needed to work. I needed to pay the bills. I needed to clean my house. I needed to be the mom. You had to and, get all this shit done. And I also thought that I needed to be the dad. So, you know, I, I think that like, first of all, we have to learn how to go with the flow and trust life. And I like in, in your introduction, you said there's going to be a little bit of woo because that's definitely mm -hmm. my life is <laughs> woo. <laughs> and I, I hope, you know, I'm refraining from swearing a lot. <laughs> I, I check the, the, does this have explicit content in it immediately before I publish these? Because <laughs> I think within like what was it the first like two minutes of my first episode I either said like shit or fuck like it's just no. you know no, really. it is what it is don't refrain don't hold back if there's a if warning if anyone's gonna listen to mine you're gonna hear the f-bomb for me yeah. sure it's there yeah. many times. and what I love is that like when you get on stage like I don't want to say like you're not being yourself because like you are still yourself on stage but like you're like you know it's like the I don't want to even say like more refined because that makes this sound unrefined, but like you can you switch it on and off. <laughs> it, it used to be not anymore. I, on stage, I don't even hold back anymore. And oh. if people don't know that when they've hired me, that's your fault for not doing your fucking research. <laughs> You're shit out of luck. <laughs> You're shit out of luck. So for that, that young mom, it's, you have to find a community, a, a person, whether that's an online community, um, you need to find a YouTube video. You need to find someone or something that helps you validate yourself and helps you validate that you are worthy. And it takes a lot of like listening to that inner intuition, that infinite knowledge, that, you know, inner guidance that we're taught as Growing up in our societies, we're taught you listen to your head, right? Is that smart? Is that appropriate? Are you following the right rules? Are you coloring within the lines? All of that bullshit. We need to be able to set that aside and say, wait a second, I'm going to trust what my spirit is telling me because we all have that. We all have that message, that calling. And like, if you're anyone that has feelings and you're thinking of these things, then you need to listen to that voice. And I believe that the more unhappy you are, the further you are away from listening to that voice within. So it's really taking those steps. It's taking risk to say, I'm, I'm going to follow this inspiration in my heart just because I want to. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give myself permission to do that. And the more that you do that the more that you practice following being in alignment following your heart and allowing yourself to to have joy and happiness like that's that's the path and even though your head might not always 
match what's in your heart. That's the hardest part, I think. That's the hardest part. So earlier when we were talking about authenticity and I want to add to that, like being in alignment is when your heart and your head line up and you start to recognize that the environments that we're brought up in, the societal rules, the rules of family and, you know, so much bullshit that we are put into and expected to follow when you start realizing that you don't actually have to do that and you give yourself permission to just follow what's in your heart, create your own bliss, create your own world, basically, that that's real freedom. And that's what I will continue to strive for and, and push that message out. Absolutely. Oh, so beautifully said. Okay, one more question. And then I'll probably wrap it up because me and you could do this for we could do like a Joe Rogan three hour podcast. Like hands down, we could totally do that. One of these days we will. Okay. (laughs) Yes. I love it. Um, so for me, the thing that also popped up with that is that, you know, when you start to do something that your intuition is telling you, it's going to go most likely against those societal norms and your family systems. And I know my thoughts on this, which I will gladly share in a second, but like what, like for you, when you were like, okay, I'm going to be a, just a speaker in general, and then a speaker coach, like, were you met with any like pushback from those closest to you? And like, how did you respond to that? Because I think that's such an other thing is when we get into these roles that we think we're supposed to play, when we start breaking away from them, not only do we feel guilt and shame because we, you know, especially for moms that we're, you know, putting ourselves first or we're just putting ourselves first in general as women, you know, that's not what we're supposed to do. And so there's going to be some like pullback from people. And that can be really intimidating on top of just wanting to change your own life and like going after your calling, like that's intimidating. And then you add in, what is everybody going to think of me? What are, what is my family going to think? What are my friends going to think? So like, did you experience any of that like pushback from people and like, how did you handle it? Such a good question. Thank you for that. Very good questions. Um, I'm kind of good at this weird. (laughs) My brain is all over the place. So let me try to, to answer that. Um, I really feel like since I was young, so, I mean, when I was young, I was forced to do everything on my own, but growing up and doing these crazy wild things that were totally, you know, quitting corporate jobs, um, quitting contract work that paid me lots of money to not do a lot of work, but I was like, (laughs) I just can't have this. I can't have it anymore. I can't be tied to it anymore. Um, I struggled a lot because I, um, because I came from a place of poverty and I had a poverty mentality. So I struggled a lot with money and financially, but okay. See, I'm, I'm a little lost in my, in all the things that I want to say. So the question is, how did you deal with the pushback of when you went after what you really wanted to do? So I had, so when I was struggling, I would have people say, oh, you should just go back to your corporate job. You had such a good job. You had, 
benefits, all the right, all the benefits of working for a corporation. And um, so it was then when I, again, I had to lean into my own beliefs. I had to strengthen my beliefs and really clarify what those were because you can't stand on a belief. Your beliefs are your foundation. And if those are weak, that's where you keep falling. So it's really working on those beliefs. And I knew I had to do this on my own. Um, And if people weren't going to be around to support me, then I needed to also feel strong enough to cut them off. So I'm a believer in... Like, and I get it, it's something that I really had to work at, but I needed to cut off relationships because they weren't supporting me and they were draining me. And my relationship with myself became so important that I wasn't going to let anything come in the way. And that's where I think a lot of people struggle, right? We, we start improving our lives and doing these things that are so good for us. And we want to bring everyone with us. We want to tell everyone the good news and we want them to change their lives. And we're going to go and be amazing together. And, you know, we're going to live happily ever after. That's bullshit. That's the (laughs) the story. It would be amazing, but yeah. They teach us that in elementary and it's bullshit. And that's what it came down to is I had to recognize that, okay, this is my journey everyone has their own individual journey. And I have a podcast that I call life and death in one of my episodes, because I, again, it's, it's to me, I had to go back and really strengthen the foundation of many of my beliefs that were like void or shit growing up. And, and it was because of those things that I was, allowed or I gave myself permission to keep going by myself so you will find relationships I mean you got to seek them out you got to find them you got to be open and attract them um that will support you going forward but there will be people that are just like you should go back and get a job or you know just making fun of you because for me I sell my coaching services on Instagram and I remember having a conversation when I was starting that journey, selling it on Instagram with um, this associate, him and I would meet for coffee every couple of months. I, now when I look back, I think, I think he was just like stealing my ideas because he was a loser, <laughs> but we met for lunch and I was telling him, cause I wanted to tell someone, a professional and, you know, you kind of look for that support. And I told him that I was going to sell my services on social media and he was just like, um, are you sure you want to do that? And he, he really like made me feel like an idiot or I don't know that that was his intention, but I felt stupid after telling him. And I, I thought, you know what, I'm not going to listen to what he says because my relationship with me is so much more important than my relationship with him. And I don't give a shit what he thinks. And, and if he is speaking up for the majority of people who don't know, like who think selling on social media is ridiculous. Um, I needed to decide who I was going to listen to. Am I going to listen to my inner being, my intuition, or am I going to listen to all of the people that 
are not going to pay my bills. Mm-hmm. Yep. Because if you also like, if you don't do something in alignment, then like, it's not getting woo here again, but like, it's not going to attract what you're seeking. Yeah. That's right. Because the more, the more that I didn't do what my spirit told me to do, the worse I felt. So if I felt like, okay, I have this crappy job that I have to go to, but I really would love to, you know, live this dream life where I'm my own boss and I make my own schedule and blah, blah, blah. And I had a taste of that because I'd have some contracts or I'd come up with this idea and I would try it and it would go well. And I'd be like, oh my God, I love this. And then I didn't know how to keep it going. So I would end up getting a job again. And every time I went back to the job and I would do those you know, things that everybody else would do. That's where I would be spending my time crying and hating my life. And, you know, I was so miserable. And once I started to recognize if I do, if I follow my inspiration, it feels good. If I go against it and I go and get a fucking job, I'm miserable. So, you know, you start to look at those two things and say, okay, well, if I don't want to be miserable, I need to stop applying for jobs (laughs) and start figuring out how to make this other thing work. And, and it was just trial and error, trial and error, just repeat. (laughs) And there's a coaching session, everybody for you right there. I'm like, I need to quit my job. That's making me miserable. So thank you for that reminder. (laughs) I'm like, Oh, that was me yesterday driving home from bartending. I wasn't crying, but I definitely wasn't happy. (laughs) So I loved this. I mean, obviously I love anytime I talk to you and I think like people are going to get so much from this. Like there was, there was inspiration and there was tips. And I was thinking about our episode that we did a while back together and we're at the end and we're like, did we even give anybody like any kind of tip or like trick to take away from this? And I'm like watching this. I'm like, okay, good. They got, they got some stuff. So can you let my listeners know how to find you? I'm sure. going to link all your information as well, but in case Sounds they don't read. So jessicajumas.ca on Instagram, jessicajumas.ca is my website. I have a six month coaching program that if you want to clarify what it is that you want to use your voice to take up space with, I will help you do that, help you write your talks, plus find the confidence in showing up and and you know putting yourself out there can be a scary thing so working with a coach to do that plus i can help you um so write your talks have the confidence get on stage and get paid that's my that's my goal in life yes yes i love it well thank you so much for doing this with me i feel like if i say anything else we'll get on another tangent and be here for another 20 minutes because that's us So make sure to check out Jessica. Thank you so much for listening and for being here. I love and appreciate all the love and support that I get. And until next time, we will talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Before you go, I just want to talk to you about one more thing that has been a total game changer in my life. And that is CBD. In the midst of the pandemic in 2020, and I was getting ready to also move across country, I found myself more anxious, not sleeping, and just completely miserable. And I finally decided to start taking CBD. And wow, what a game changer it was.
If you're interested in CBD, I highly encourage you to look at Nuvita. Nuvita is a woman-owned company based here in Michigan, and part of its proceeds every month go to end human trafficking. There is rigorous testing and quality control, and the product itself is just amazing. So if you suffer with anxiety, with gut issues, with sleep, CBD might be the thing for you. If you want to check it out, head to www.nuvitacbd.com and use promo code LEANDA10 to save.